You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 160. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. I am doing really well. It's very hot here in Sacramento, but it is lovely. So I want to talk to you about debt and overspending today and specifically what my thoughts are about the differences between those two things. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about this is because I've received a lot of feedback about the scarcity podcast that I had. And I know that hearing from some of you that this might be an area where you might have some mind drama. And this is an area that I worked on for a very long time, it seemed. Um, But when I worked on it, it really changed everything for me. I became much more neutral around looking at debt, like looking at money that I owed when I was spending it on things that I wanted. And I'll explain what I mean by that. It was very different than overspending in a way where I was going to see a net negative impact in my life. So we're going to get into a lot of emotional stuff that might create tension in your body. Notice where you tighten up or your breath gets shallow. Those are the areas that you might want to focus on because they create the most emotional response in your body. These are just my thoughts. You don't have to adopt any of them. You have full choice in this. But I encourage you to consider if what you're thinking about debt is giving you a more positive or negative impact in your life. Before we get started, if you're listening to this podcast on the morning of June 17th, I'm having a Focus 101 Masterclass for Lawyers at 5 p.m. today, Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, that I want to invite you to. Go to dinacataldo.com forward slash focus 101 to save your spot. I'm going to be sharing with you five areas that lawyers focus their attention on that's keeping them spinning, keeping them stuck. What we focus on is a habit, and the only way to change our focus is to get awareness and use the tool I'm sharing with you during this masterclass. For instance, if you're always focusing on how you're bad at managing money, you will never actually get better at it. You'll spin and not take actions. You need to change anything. When we learn how to change our focus, we start to change ourselves almost automatically. It just takes practice, and I'm going to show you a practice to help you with this. Go to dinacataldo.com forward slash focus 101 to sign up. All right, so here are some of my thoughts on debt versus overspending. So debt is buying money. And I really love this definition. I picked it up from one of my coaches and makes a lot of sense to me. But there's some other thoughts that I have about debt that really changed how I felt when I looked at my credit card statements or looked at my bank account. I looked 
at debt as buying opportunity for me to change, for me to grow, evolve. I allow myself to use debt to create a net positive impact in my life. I don't allow myself to use debt to overspend. I'm going to tell you what that is in a second. I have used debt to finance undergrad and law school, bar exam time so I didn't have to get a job while studying, coaching, coaching certification, a new roof. All of these things are and were investments in my present and my future. Let me tell you what overspending is to me. It's spending money you don't have because you think a thing, usually something like a purse, sunglasses, a new dress, will make you happier. And I know there's men listening to this podcast too, so maybe it's like a really nice tie. It's like a really fancy watch. I don't know. (laughs) But whatever like that bright, shiny thing is that's an impulse buy almost, but it actually leads to a net negative impact in your life. Now, I do think it's up to us to make a conscious decision on what we want to do and not do, right? When we're paying attention, are we acting emotionally when we consider whether we're using debt or are we simply overspending to overspend? So I'll use my decision to buy a convertible about eight years back as an example of making a decision of whether or not this is a net positive or net negative impact in your life. This is how I made my decision about this. I live in California and I could have taken public transportation or a bike to work when I needed a new car. Did I want to? No. I decided to buy a new car. Could I have purchased a used car, a junker? Yes. Did I choose to? No. I wanted a nice car that I would keep and enjoy daily for a long time. I really, like I did my research, I knew the resale value of this car, I knew the safety, I knew all the things, it was exactly the car I wanted. Which also meant I decided to use debt to finance the car. I made it a point of paying off the debt, like I really paid attention to it, And I did it early, like I paid it off early, but it was still debt. I still used that. And that was a personal choice. Dave Ramsey would not approve of that choice. I wanted style and convenience, maybe a little bit of luxury there, and it was worth it to me. So let's contrast this with a purchase for me that was overspending, like clearly, like I knew it was overspending because of the way I felt when I made the purchase. When I was in law school, I was at the mall and I saw a painting I wanted that was more than I could afford. And honestly, more than the painting was really worth, but I didn't know that at the time. I hadn't done any research. I didn't even think about it. I just bought it because I wanted it. I wanted to have it. Now, have I received enjoyment from it? Yeah, I have. Have I received as much enjoyment from it as I thought I would? No. (laughs) In fact, after I purchased it, I mean, for years afterwards, I thought about how I overpaid for it. I still have it and I don't want it anymore. It was more of an impulse buy and that is overspending. Why are we so emotionally attached to money and the word debt though? So we're taught that debt is bad. It took me years to unravel what I'm talking about here. I would think about my debt all the time and it would seem like I never had enough money. 
I only had enough to get by. I'd beat myself up, telling myself I wasn't good with money or I didn't deserve the money I had since I couldn't take care of it. And of course, talking to myself about money this way made me feel guilty and full of shame. So I never wanted to look at my bank account or my credit. I mean, I wasn't paying attention to my, my credit card statements, none of that. And when I did, I focused on how I wasn't doing things right, how I didn't have enough, how I shouldn't be doing this, how I shouldn't be doing that. So this is what I did to start unraveling this shame spiral every time I thought about debt. So go back to the podcast on scarcity. That is going to be in the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 160. I'll make sure it's there. But that's going to go over a lot more of some of the mental drama and how I unraveled that just around money generally. But here's what I had to realize specifically about debt that I want to share with you. So first, thinking about debt as an opportunity for me to make change in my life that was a really big deal for me. And I didn't come from any money and I had debt from law school and some frivolous college purchases as well as some really fun purchases like travel in Europe. But when I got out of law school, that's that's what I had. The reality is, okay, I had I had debt. I didn't think of debt as an opportunity when I went to undergrad or law school. I looked at it as a necessity if I wanted to go. When I was done, that's when it struck me, oh, I have this debt, I gotta repay this. And I didn't wanna look at it. We'll talk about that in just a second. When I decided to start a business while I, while I, well, I am currently a lawyer, right? Like, so while I wanted to start a business while a lawyer, I was super scared and I was tense because I was spending money that I told myself I should, I say that in quotes, should be using to pay down my debt. I was conflicted about investing money in myself and my business when I still had six figures worth of debt. The interesting thing was, once I started changing how I thought about debt, I started to pay down my debt faster, even when I was investing money in myself. I mean, I was spending more money on my business because I was just starting out trying to figure things out and I was still paying down my debt. Given what I talk about on this podcast, it's not a shocker, right? When I thought differently about debt, I neutralized those feelings of shame and inadequacy. Then I started having better conversations with myself about money and making better decisions about how I used money. And if this hits home for you, here are some thoughts you can practice to help you unravel this for yourself. The thought that debt is an opportunity might not click with you like it did with me, so here are some other thoughts you might be able to grab hold of. I wanna love exactly where I am right now, and I mean financially, right, and everything. I wanna love exactly where I am right now. I think it's possible to love where I am right now. I'm okay, I'm safe, money is always coming. I would use these whenever, you know, you look at your bank statement to calm your nervous system. Whenever I noticed myself tense up, I'd remind myself that I was okay and that I actually had money in my bank account and it kept coming. A second thing I changed when it came to thinking about debt was starting to ask myself what I needed and if using debt would make my life better. (laughs) Remember when I talked about like having a net positive effect versus having a net negative effect. 
So I mentioned before that I felt conflicted about investing money in myself and my business because of the debt I had, but I knew that nothing was changing in my life. I kept hearing from people I followed online, like Amy Porterfield and Tony Robbins and Marie Forleo, that investing in you, like that um, you needed to invest in yourself. That's what it was. That you needed to invest in yourself before you could make any change. Of course, my skeptical brain kept telling me, well, that's just a sales pitch. But I couldn't deny that I wasn't making any change. I felt stuck. I felt like I had zero traction in moving my life forward. I, I really felt like I had no power and, and that I was doing something wrong because I saw all these other people who seemed like they had it together. And I had spent smaller amounts on my business, like a thousand here, a couple thousand there. But those were for programs, like those online programs that were going to teach me how to do something. And I wasn't really seeing big changes in my mind, just like little shifts. And I was getting information, right? Like I was getting information, making little shifts. I had gone to a Tony Robbins event and I remembered really wanting to do more work with him because it was really inspiring. I really like saw some big shifts there. So I went to his website, I saw his coaching page, and I think I visited it like 20 times and read everything on the page multiple times before I set up a call. And I think I wanted something to jump out at me and tell me that this was for me, but nothing did. I just set up a call, not really sure what I was doing. When the guy spoke to me on the call, he got info from me, and I was super unsure. I was uncomfortable and kind of wanted to throw up, especially after he told me how much it was. And I learned much later that that's a normal physical response when we're going into unknown territory or when we are really charged up about money, which I was. Like, I just had a lot of um, lack in my nervous system. Um, at the time, I just thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> this was a weird response, but that other people must just call and sign up like there's no problem. I tried to get off the call, and I'm so thankful to the guy who talked to me on the phone because he allowed me, you know, space and kept me on the phone talking so that I could voice all my fears and he could talk me through each of them. And and I did purchase coaching, even though I was really scared. Right, now. <laughs> it was like I had my nervous system was totally charged, but I knew that I needed to do something different, and I was just going to go all in. I was just going to do it. So it was a huge investment for me at the time, and I really didn't know what to expect. And what I did believe is that it would make my life better. I believed I would see a net positive impact in my life. I charged it on my card, and I believed that it would work out. And it did, of course. That's why you're here with me right now. <laughs> but here's the thing. I knew I wasn't changing, and I needed to do something different. If buying money was going to give me a net positive impact in my life, I was willing to do that. It may not be for you. I have no problem with it because I've seen the impact on my life over and over again, like it's tried and true. It's like not an issue for me. But this is in contrast with all the insignificant purchases that weren't changing my life. They were just making my closet prettier or filling my walls with pretty things. And when I started thinking about money as what I could create with it, I started changing my spending habits to make room for more substantive purchases like this kind of coaching. A third change in my thinking about debt was taking responsibility for doing the work to get the results. If I was going to use debt, I wanted to make sure I was getting the results I was paying for. 
Recently, I bought a rowing machine. And erg, for those of you in the know, I just learned this myself. I thought it was really funny. And it was $1,200. It's a big piece of equipment, and I easily could have purchased the thing and let it sit in my garage without using it. What I did was I decided that I was just going to use it. And I've been using it almost every day. I figured I'd spend about $1,200 on a gym membership, and I'm not going to a gym right now. Also, I really dislike running, and I need cardio, so I get a net positive impact on my life. Investing the money helped me be all in on myself. Now, notice my thought process here when I'm making a decision. I'm actually thinking about, okay, is this going to make a net positive impact in my life? Like really break this down. You'll know this if you're starting to feel, you know, tight about anything when we're talking about debt, like ask yourself, you know, the purchases that you're making, like, are they giving you that net positive impact or are they just frivolous purchases, ones that are going to give you like that really shallow dopamine hit rather than that long-term satisfaction, that long-term, it could be a mental health benefit, like if you're buying a rowing machine or something like that, just notice, are you choosing a short-term net negative impact or a long-term benefit? Because that's really the difference. Even with the car, like as I'm saying this out loud right now, I'm hearing like, even with the car, I was thinking long-term, I'm going to have this car and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. Like I'm really like thinking into the future when I'm thinking about my future self and what it is that they enjoy. I'm making those investments in myself from that place, thinking about what that future version of me, what's going to help them out, right? Like what's going to keep me in shape is having something convenient so I can get some cardio. I I'm thinking about my future me. Okay, so let me get back onto where I was talking about here. So there's a lot of us, probably just about all of us, who doubt ourselves about whether we'll do the work to justify the expense. We've trained ourselves to stop trusting ourselves. And if you were on Instagram recently, if, and if you're not on Instagram with me, go to at Dina.Cataldo, because I post such good stuff sometimes. Um, So (laughs) I'm going to say all the time, but there was something I was talking about specifically about this is that we are trained to stop trusting ourselves. There's this whole background of, of, of socialization that really is the underpinning of why we don't trust ourselves. It's not our fault. It's just a way that we have been trained. But maybe you have bought gym memberships or you took up a hobby with expenses like golf or skiing and then you never did anything with it. You told yourself it was a waste of money. But when we have skin in the game, we change how we show up for ourselves better than if we don't, right? So that brought to mind when I bought Elton John tickets for my mom and I. It was his last performance, his last concert trip, and these tickets were not cheap. There was a huge storm that night, but we walked blocks through this gust and rain and it was puddles and everything so that we could get to the arena. I mean, we were all in. We wanted to be there. It didn't matter if there was a storm or if one of us broke an ankle. I mean, we were getting there. We were all in. And if I'm investing five figures in a coach, you bet I'm showing up ready to go. 
And you've probably had a similar experience where you devalued something that was free or available at any time. I mean, I I equate money and time as energy, and I don't know about where you are, but it's kind of a hassle to reschedule something like a doctor's appointment here. So I made appointments, like I make appointments a year in advance. Like as soon as I, I go to one, I make another one a year out, and I move heaven and earth to make sure I don't have to reschedule the doctor's appointment. The hassle factor is your investment there. You don't want to deal with the hassle of rescheduling a doctor's appointment months out from when you expected, so you keep your commitment. When we're all in, we make things happen. Okay, so the last shift I want to talk to you about that I needed to make was moving away from feeling guilty for using debt for myself instead of paying it down to zero. (laughs) So I talked a little bit about this, but I think so many of us who grew up thinking debt was bad have some unhelpful thoughts running in the background. And maybe it's not so much growing up thinking debt was bad, but it's more like the working hard means you're valuable tape running in the background. And we get a lot of this in our society, come to think of it, right? Like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, put your nose to the grindstone. I don't know why I have a John Wayne accent there. I'm so sorry. Burn the candle at both ends, go the extra mile. I mean, we all have these idioms in our brain. The English language is full of them, and they imprint us with this need to work hard, to prove that we're really working, as if the harder we work, the more we prove to others we're deserving of success. And we're also taught to believe that work has to be hard not enjoyable, and we certainly shouldn't be asking for help. Goodness forbid. Okay, but when we have these underlying beliefs, it's easy to see why we may not want to use debt to make things easier for ourselves. We develop thoughts like, I should be able to figure things out on my own. I should be able to piece this together from the internet. I did that for a while. That was super fun. If I just worked harder, I could do it. I'm not working hard enough. If I just stay a little bit later, I'll get more done. This conversation with ourselves can devolve into saying things to ourselves like, oh, I'm lazy. I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to do it. I, you know, all these things like we're bad. I'm bad. You know, whatever it is. I've had one client say something, you know, when we first started, she's like, I suck. I was like, no, you don't. You just have a human brain. And it's just practice these thoughts so many times. And then we compare and despair. We see people on Instagram that seem to have it all together and think there's something wrong with us. There is nothing wrong with you, my friend. You're a human with a human brain. If you asked yourself how you could make your life easier, how might that change your decision to use debt? Keeping in mind, you're also taking responsibility for getting the value of that back for yourself. What decisions might you make that you aren't making now? Like going back to what I used debt for from at the beginning of the podcast, I said undergrad and law school, right? I had a net positive impact. I learned a profession that serves my financial goals and helps people. I bought time to study for the bar without having to work. I could study and have more bandwidth by not working at the same time. Coaching, I had a net positive impact. I learned how to help people in a different way and to grow my coaching practice. My roof, I had a net positive impact. I needed a roof. I don't want it falling in during the next rain. I know my roof is sturdy, so I'm not worrying about issues this winter or, you know, probably for another 30, 50 years. 
car, the quality car that I felt comfortable in and love driving around. Like I still have it and I love it. I love all of these purchases and I saw a net positive impact in my life because of them. You don't have to adopt all of these thoughts about debt that I've shared. I wanted to share them with you, though, to help those of you who have a lot of tense energy around debt. And what I encourage every one of you to do is to really look at the numbers and learn how to look at them without having a negative charge in your body, that that tension, right? See if you can get neutral by using some of what you heard here today. Look at the data, the credit card statements, or whatever other debt you have, and remember that they are just numbers. The numbers don't mean anything about you. Let me repeat that. The numbers don't mean anything about you. They're just numbers. I promise you, if you start having a different conversation with yourself about debt, one that's compassionate and isn't one where you make yourself bad or wrong, you're going to start changing your spending habits in a way that gives you a more positive impact in your life. Thank you so much for being here. I hope this helped you. If you have any other questions or if you have any other money topics that you want to talk about, let me know. Come to Instagram at dina.cataldo. I have done a lot of work on this area for myself. And so it's actually really exciting that I'm at a point where I can have these conversations and not feel that negative charge. Like before I ever talked about money on this podcast on my own, I wanted to really make sure that, you know, I was approaching it in a way that was very neutral. And when I got there, I was very excited. So that I I talk a little bit about that in the last podcast I did on money too. All right, my friend, I will talk to you next week. Bye. If you are loving what you are hearing here on the podcast, I want you to come and join me for a strategy session. You can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session and just set up a call with me. I know that when lawyers come to me, they're at their wits end. They really don't know how else they can make change in their lives. And I am here to support you. So make sure that you come by, go to dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session and set up a call. Coaching really can change everything for you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.